0: The greatest problem in this world is that people are too f***ing scared to be themselves. Scared of what others think. Why? Because society made you fit into a tiny little box.
1: You were talking about your part of the your your um something to do with Oh gosh, I've lost What do you remember? We were
0: talking was? about just conditioning. And yes, that
1: was it. I was like the programming and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, the program conditioning and, and sort of like the spiritual awakening, I guess, Mm. for people is like, that's really what you're awakening to, right? Like you're, you're letting go Mm. of the conditioning of a past version of you and you're awakening to your, to the truth. Um, and this is one of the things is like, Mm -hmm. you and I have awoken to the truth of that we are much more than what we've been told. And we're looking at the same thing. It's not like we're looking mm. at different things. Everyone's not looking at different things. We're all divine beings. We can literally, our thoughts, our energy create our reality. There's so many anecdotal evidence, so much anecdotal evidence now telling us, like, and and giving us proof if we're willing to see it, if we're open, opening up our minds enough to be able to witness ourselves in divine expression.
1: Mm, totally. And and what I love the most about Spiritual journey and actually embodying who you are at a deeper level is we all have such unique ways of getting there, so different, you know, so many different practices, so many different experiences, but we all Mm. have the same destination, we all have the same results of Mm. realizing who we are at a deeper level. And I think. So the spiritual circle and community, we get lost in the practices more than we get lost in the destination, more than we get lost in mm. knowing who we are at a deeper level. It becomes about, okay, how can I charge my crystals up enough to make me, myself feel good? And, you know, while these things are great as tools, they are not the real purpose of the journey. And mm. I think people think to become spiritual that they need to, you know have all these things whereas Mm -hmm. you already are spiritual the journey is just rediscovering that part of yourself
0: Mm -hmm. that's so awesome that you said that because i was literally getting in my head i'm like gotta gotta like go down this path so that's exactly where i was gonna go next Mm -hmm. and i resonate so deeply with that because it's still attaching to an identity we're still saying oh i'm i'm this new spiritual person because this my new home now. I'm like in the spiritual home and we have crystals and we have incense and we have plants and we only have good vibes, but the bad vibes are going to stay away. But realistically, you know, anyone's done shadow work know that we've got so many dark pieces of ourselves hidden beneath us and we just got to do shadow work to realize that. That can really – if we really shine the light on that, we can find wholeness and we realize that no matter what identity – we give ourselves, we're just spiritual by nature, we're divine by nature, but we're here to have a human experience. One of the books mm. that I really love is Keepers of the Garden by Dolores Cannon.
1: Mm, I've never read that one.
0: Yeah, if you're interested in part, are you interested in past life stuff?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm interested yeah, so- in
1: everything. This is my problem. Everything, so <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: no, it's your superpower. It's good. Mm. Uh, you know, you got past life regression stuff, which. I'm just starting to. I'm nearly finished my hypnotherapy diploma where I'm learning to do past life regression. So I've been doing a couple already. Wow. And so I've had past life regressions done on me. And also, this book and other, other people have talked about it is just so mind blowing. And there's a show on Netflix called Surviving Death, which mm. talks about like some crazy stories on reincarnation modern day times and so yeah anyone wants to watch that go watch that anyway keepers of the earth they talk about a couple of things but they talk about one is that we're here to have a human experience and we can manifest things in other dimensions in other lives outside of this 3d earthly realm at the click of the fingers but the process is we get to take our time we get to really enjoy our senses We get to feel our senses and what it feels like to finally get that reward after being, you know, that feeling of endorphins rushing through your body after you go for a workout or what it feels like to have sex intimately, what it feels like to work hard for something and or persist, persist, persist and then have a breakthrough, you know, but all those moments of persistence were really hard. We get to feel all of that and that's the human experience. And a lot of the times, like I think you said it at the very start, you know you're um the spiritual ego and it's the same thing it's just an ego it's like i'm better than you do it this way my way is the best mm. way um you got to do your crystals this way i know more about crystals my crystals better than your crystal type stuff like you know we got to just let that go and just do what's in our heart and share authentically i think mm. that's really really Definitely. really powerful
1: mm. and i think when we start the journey and we go into this spiritual ego identity, it is just part of the process to get us to where we actually need to be. And just backing up on kind of what you said about shadow work there, I'd love you to kind of explain to the listeners, you know, what is shadow work and, and how does it help us transcend more from this space of being stuck in our spiritual ego mm. and stuck thinking that spirituality is outside of us? rather than actually inside of us.
0: Hmm. That's so beautiful. Well, the, the one of the premises that I work, like my philosophy and the way I view the world and when I work with people is like everything's happening for you. It's that cliche saying, everything's happening for you mm-hmm. and everyone is a direct reflection of you. And in fact, we're not helping the listeners, the listeners are helping us. Or the person who we're coaching or working with we're not helping them, they're helping us. So they're coming to show us a glimpse of us to help us find us. And so that's the principles Mm. that I work off and that's radical responsibility if you think about it. You're like, okay, cool, this person, fuck, that triggers me. Cool, that's the first sign, that triggers me. So I work off those two things and I I don't know why I wanted to talk about that but that's that's the premise. Now, shadow work. Maybe it will come to me why I decided to talk about that. But <laughs> shadow work is re I, the one question that I ask people. Maybe this is what it was. One question that I ask people when they start working with me, or they, I think they apply in my ment. It's a question that I have in my mentoring application. Is is there anything that you'd like to take to the grave with you? That the thought of it, of sharing this, is like scary, and it's you it makes you anxious. And, if, and most people, I think probably 90% say yes. So now you're carrying a secret of shame and guilt within your body which carries they're the two lowest frequencies if you look at the scale of consciousness by Dr. David Hawkins. There's the two lowest frequencies in the body and we're talking mm. about everything being a vibration. Well, now you're carrying a vibration that's attracting similar experiences outside of you because everyone is a reflection of you. You're carrying it. Now you're carrying, now you're carrying, bringing in experiences that now um, recreate that feeling, Mm -hmm. that experience. So when we say our thoughts create our reality, it's really our vibrate, our inner vibration creates our reality. You don't attract what you want, you attract what you are.
1: Mm, Yes. yes,
0: And that's so when we look at shadow work, we, we just put a lot, put a light or a torch on that part of us that we're so scared of, that we're shameful of, we're guilty of, the part that, you know, I'm gay. People who say that, I'm not, but like people who say that when they're coming out of the closet, I'm gay, is the classic, is just the simple explanation of shadow work. You're just shining a light on the thing that really is uncomfortable to say. So people have, you know, 60,000 thoughts a day, say, how many of them are dark ones? How many of them are like you wouldn't even tell your best friends? Mm. <laughs> you know, like... Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm like, oh, blimey. Like, I don't, I think probably more than like, especially when I sometimes, you know, when, you, when you've got that level of awareness and you catch yourself in them, you're like, fucking hell, like, where did that come from? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. You're like, oh, that's dark. Mm. Or, like, I remember when I was doing some really deep healing work, mm. I think it was like December, November, December, December last year, I had a big It was actually. For, triggered by a plant medicine ceremony in August and it started bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up. And I was becoming aware of this like inner volcano like boiling and I'm like, oh, shit. And then it all came up um, in December and it was like I just wanted to punch something. Mm
2: -hmm. Like I was like
0: I was literally I literally couldn't sleep. I didn't want to talk to anyone because I was so angry and this thing was just bubbling up. And then I had to face it. That's also shadow work. It's like face it, talk to it, be it. You're talking to parts of your psyche that have been dissociated, parts of your psyche that are, are starting to come back up. Now, when you're working with the psyche, like you've got the unconscious and the conscious mind. Conscious mind, 5% of the time where we're operating out of it. It's like logical, rational, looking at, okay, cool. I've got a like 1 plus 1, 2 plus 2. What's your email? You write that down. That's logical stuff. What am I going to cook for dinner? What's the next step on the menu? Uh, what's the next step on the recipe Uh, but unconscious is um, brushing your teeth and you've forgotten which teeth you're brushing and it's just a it's just a routine or you're driving through street uh, driving through traffic and you don't know how you got ended up where you are because you've just sort of zoned out but your your body and your muscle memory knows how to get there your peripheral vision is like taking you there that runs 95 percent of your life and so we think about all the things that we're unconscious of which are a collection of our experiences, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: particularly a past experience that you denied and you're like, oh, I don't want to go back there, I don't want to remember that, well, then now you've got this lurking shadow that sits in your unconscious which is a collection of past pain, past experiences that is creating a vibration in you which is creating your experience. I ran a course called Change Your Reality, a four-week course, just an intro course. We didn't do shadow work, but we talked on the basis of this stuff and we worked through emotional triggers and a method that I teach. And the one thing is what you've really got to be aware of for anyone listening, the first thing is if it's uncomfortable, then it's helping you
2: like mm. the very first
0: thing if it's triggering you if it's it's uncomfortable and it's like emotional trigger or you're like you're like i want to get out of here and you need a little bit or you, you're scared but you know you're safe then you the opportunity there is to a- answer the door you know fear knocked mm. love answered no one was there just answer the door and you you actually go through such a transformational healing process just by opening the door
1: mm. you Yeah, I I actually, from doing it, I really now, in a weird way, enjoy being uncomfortable because I'm like, I'm learning something here. And I like Mm -hmm. to put myself in uncomfortable positions that people might look on the outside and think, like I said, people thinking that you're crazy doing something. And it's not to say that in those moments when I'm doing those things, I don't feel that fear and that uncomfortableness of what I'm doing like yesterday I used to have hair extensions and I decided they're no longer a representation of me because I lost my hair during my stress and I always was like I need hair extensions now and I was like this is not me anymore I was walking around for the past few months like this is not me I really need to take these out and when I was sitting in the hairdressers, I was like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> I hate this. And even mm-hmm. even yesterday, I was still like, when they were out, I was like, my hair's gone because I was used to this thick, long hair. And And today I'm like, I'm so fucking glad I felt uncomfortable in that moment because today I feel thank fuck that I got rid of Mm. that that old part of myself and it's it's a sim. not saying that everyone who has hair extensions has to do that but me wearing them was tied to my insecurities my inability to deal with my trauma trying to cover up my trauma that's how they were still carrying that energy and i was carrying that Mm. energy around with myself and alongside that i also you know recorded my first sort of solo podcast episode on on my trauma and speaking my truth from my perspective And all of a sudden, the past week even, by doing those two things that I've been building up to do through shadow work for quite a while, I just felt such a relief. But in Mm. the process was very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable.
0: Good on you. Good on you for facing it. It takes a a very strong person like Yemma to be able Mm -hmm. to sit there in that discomfort. But, like, I mean, if you'd probably look back at your earlier journey, you would have been like, fuck that. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not looking at that, <laughs>
1: totally. but it's like you,
0: what? you built that muscle, right? That, 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 mm. that courage muscle.
1: Mm. What's the most uncomfortable thing that you've ever put yourself through? Do you think like yeah. on purpose yeah, yeah. You, to, to go through your healing?
0: So I went on a men instantly. I know I went on a men's retreat, um, February, uh, last year. No, the, yeah. Last year, February, last year, 2020. And um, it was in Bali and it was a f- seven-day retreat, f- six-day retreat. It was wild, easily the most uncomfortable thing I've done. So you've got 15 other men with you um, and it's all about awakening the, the warrior, the masculine warrior, but just like really cultivating an embodied the embodied man. It's called mm-hmm. brave. The retreat's called mm-hmm. brave and literally, yes, you need to be brave to do it. So you're going through shadow Sounds world. like
1: something um, Aubrey... What's his name? Or Marcus. Marcus would do,
0: or something like that. Yeah, so oh, it was, it, my, it's Tim Morrison. <laughs> Tim Morrison ran the retreat. He's a he's a friend of mine now, and because we, mm. we um, you just go, you create the be, you create best friends on this retreat because you all collectively are going there to heal, to step into mm. a, a, a more authentic version of yourself. And we did some whacked out stuff there. Like one of the days that really was my most uncomfortable day was the day of the shadow. And that was funny enough, we're talking about it. And we had 14 guys around there and I'd carried some sexual shame that I hadn't, I'd spoken to my fiance about now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I'd spoken to her about it and I'd spoken maybe to one other person about it. And I thought this is the thing that I'd just, I remember when the start of the retreat, because we had no phones at the start of the retreat. So we had mm-hmm. to put it away and we're on this mm-hmm. northern remote part of Bali. and I, So I had no phone contact the whole week. And I called Danielle before. And I said, I really don't want to talk about this. I just don't I don't think I can do it and she's like you just do what's right you just do what's right whatever you need to do there's no right or wrong I was like okay so I in me though I knew I had to do it <laughs> anyway I was I laugh about it now cuz it's like it's so open but we um I went into this second day, and I actually. So, how you partner up with someone is you look around the room, and the first person that you both connect with eye contact, then that's your partner for that exercise. Nice. And the partner that I had was actually one of my good mates, and I'm like, this would have been so much fucking easier if it wasn't you. <laughs> like so much easier, wasn't you? And I'm like, Are why you? did you look at me? And why did we look? So it's the universe, sort of like going, well, you, you know, you you practice what you preach, right? You embody mm. what you teach, right? And so I had to really embody that. And so I ended up opening up to him and told him and I said, man, it's the first time I've ever told anyone. And, I, and I, when I do something, I just do it. I don't pity patter around. So I'm just like, fuck it. I've declared that I've done it. And then it's like that was it. And I like relieved. I, t- I still get this little thing in me now. It's like, I spoke to because I'm just recalling how uncomfortable. So I spoke to him and I was like, oh, I let it out to him. Anyway, the next part of the exercise was we're all sitting around in a big circle and then Tim Morrison, the, the facilitator, he goes, now this is your opportunity to let all of it go. Stand up. I call you up one by one to stand oh up, to look, your brother, to look your brothers in the eye and talk about the thing that you need to let go of most. And I'm like shaking by this point. I'm like, fuck this, <laughs> fuck this, fuck this, fuck I can this, feel, it, this, I can feel this. that
1: energy. Like that must have been very, very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable.
0: It was it was one of the best things I've ever done for myself. And we got up. Oh, I didn't get up first. I was waited. There was about three, four other guys got up. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Oh, no. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But something in me just said like, you have to, you have to do it. And so I got up and one of the guys before me had something similar. And I and I was like, Fuck. Okay. This is I got to do it so I got up I looked every guy in the eye I walked around the room and I can hold myself well when I'm speaking and when I'm when I'm in the like in front of a group so I just sort of like switched on and I went around and I looked everyone eye to eye if I'm going to do this properly I'm going to do it properly and I spoke of my whole experience and boom and I came back and everyone was like fuck man thank you Thank you for that, and I was like, and so many other people. It gives people the permission to get up and do it. So my mate got up and he spoke about his experience, and we all because vulnerability. It's like that, you know. Brené Brown's got that call to courage on Netflix. Oh yeah, highly recommend that. Vulnerability
1: is incredible.
0: It's such a connector, Emma, isn't Mm, it? Like when you when you shared your story with me, I felt like I instantly started connecting with you on another level.
1: Totally, because we all fear talking about these things, and I think as well the way in which we talk about them and the place we're talking about them from. So if we're Mm. talking about them from someone who is on the healing process of them, it's so much different than when we're stuck in the anger of the emotions of the thing that we are experiencing. We have a responsibility Mm. as well when we share our truths to have that vulnerability and connect with other people but also be aware that other people may not have the same experience as you have the same opinion of the experience as you. But what I've learned so much is that should never stop you from sharing your truth, because Mm -hmm. there's always going to be at least one person who resonates with it at least one person that make that flicks that switch in their mind and makes them go, you know, I'm going to start committing myself Mm -hmm. to my healing journey now. And like you said, in that moment, when you did that you were in, coming from an empowered place to do that. Mm-hmm. You were becoming from this person who wanted to heal, who wanted to let go. And by sharing that, you enabled other people to let go. But if you hadn't have done that because you'd been scared, what are mm-hmm. other people going to think? Then that would have never created the space for other people to do the same. So I think it's incredible that you were yeah. able to to do that. And I'm sure that there was a lot of gratitude in the room at that that point.
0: Yeah. And you know, it, it, what what happens... Is after that point a new part of me came out, like a really authentic mm. version of me, because I was like fully seen, and I'm just like fuck it. Totally. And so I'm very, jo- I'm a very like bunch of a jokester and a prankster and like cheeky and like have a like this almost mm. like the center of attention, but not center. Of, like I put myself out there where I like bring everyone into the spotlight with me. So I'm like having jokes with this mm. person, and I'm creating nicknames for this person based off what they're doing, and then we mm. and I'm like having like I, I tend to become the life of the party. And so this started coming out of me from that day forward. And I'm like calling my mate coconut Cole because his name was Cole. And he just, he had this, he he had a coconut like three times a day, but he had paid the, he had paid the bar guy some money to keep, keep his ones cold for him. So he like got his special coconuts put in the fridge. So I started calling him coconut Cole, and my uncle yeah. who was getting really, really like, you know, I just created his nickname and, this part of me wasn't coming out before that and I think what for anyone Mm -hmm. listening right now is that you guys are hiding your your true self is buried beneath a wasteland right now that just needs to be cleared
1: definitely definitely and that's not to say that that process of clearing is easy it's really not like in those experiences that we've shared it's never been an easy experience it's always been an uncomfortable a painful as well like times that I've spent crying for days. Mm. <laughs> it's a painful mm-hmm. experience. But the way I like to look at it is temporary pain for a long-term gain or you can just stay in the pain because
0: Yeah, I love that. You're
1: going to get stuck and stuck in the emotions and they're going to keep repeating in your life as we said earlier what manifests in your reality is kind of reflecting a disturbance within you as well. Mm-hmm. And it will keep showing up in your life if you're not willing to go within and start healing. And mm-hmm. and that's another thing that triggers people, I think, as well. I think you'd probably agree is like you need to heal because everybody needs to heal, and everyone mm-hmm. needs to start that process because it's a very long process. And it's once you start, you kind of never stop, really. And what do you feel? Mm-hmm. I think I'd love to ask you this as well because obviously you've been to you know these kind of men's retreats and stuff, and I think. I've started to notice a lot more men nowadays beginning to awaken a little bit more and move more into this space, but it is more of a a women's feminine dominant space in a way. Mm
2: -hmm. There's
1: much more women doing this than there are men from what you can see. So how do you feel in terms of actually like getting men to kind of commit to this journey? Because I think they have a lot more resistance because of the stereotypes, because of the fear, because of the anger. What do you think it is that, that men can do to really begin this journey and actually commit mm. to this journey, even when there's so much fear? And I think they, want, they don't want to lose their identity more, more than women do because they've got this, you know, if it's a big rugby lad and he's going drinking out with the lads every Friday, <laughs> it's, not, it's a big identity to them for them to lose. So I guess, you know, mm. what is your opinion on that?
0: Yes, yeah, good, good point. I, I did a series called The Woke Man Series.
1: Mm, I saw it. It was very powerful.
0: Yeah, like I interviewed, I've only interviewed 72 men now, but they're all men that have awakened to their mm-hmm. true nature. And so I wanted to interview them on the same sort of questions about their journey. And everyone comes from a different perspective, a different experience at their own time. And that's the thing that I think mm-hmm. it's really important. Like I haven't gone on a desperate mission to awaken people. But if I keep living in my truth, then the people that are ready will come to me and that they will find me. So anyone Mm -hmm. who's listening to this podcast, for instance, or stumbles upon my Instagram or your Instagram or, you know, someone randomly shared, I get this all the time, someone shared your podcast with me and it just really resonated. A lot of my clients have come from, you know, hearing something on on the woke man and they've been like, dude, I need to work with you. I don't work with men in particular, I work with both.
2: Mm, mm. but
0: the thing is there are a lot of men who because women have always been into the spiritual game like they've just been in the closet mm-hmm. if they have to but they've all they're <laughs> more intuitive than all the men not to say the men aren't intuitive they just haven't opened their up to the gifts because they're so closed-minded in this rigid form of like no we've got to be strong we you know the typical yeah, stereotypes totally of the man what
1: appears to be a man yeah
0: what appears to be a man and and, and really it's like, I, I want to start creating these new t-shirts. I love like just like t-shirts with with quotes and stuff on the back of them that I, I wear, like I wear my beliefs, I call it. And I've got one that's like.
1: What does your jumper say? Because it's got writing on it.
0: <laughs> oh, this one's from Bali. It just says the handsome devil's club.
1: Handsome so <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what it said. Yeah.
0: So like my, um, one of my shirts is like um turn your wounds into wisdom. And Ooh. it's just, it's really, I, I love it. I just love wearing that shit. But one of the ones was like. I can't remember. I haven't figured out exactly what I'm going to use, but I like your one, the, the one that you said about temporary pain. But it's like feeling mm. is the new strong and
1: totally. I think yes. that's what
0: people are starting to awaken to. Like all the men that I've met in my life who are on this journey were never like this. They were never born. Like, there was a couple of them that were born with a very spiritual family, a very open family, and they're naturally more feminine, but not everyone is. So the, to answer your question, I think for the men listening or, or any women who have got partners where they're like, oh, my husband's drinking so much or my partner's drinking so much or he never talks about his feelings, if you're worried about what they're doing, then there's a reason they're in your field. So don't look at it as if to say they've got to change. Like change, when, when we when we project stuff, we say he, she, they, and, but we never say I. Mm. So with psychological projection, we're always seeing what's in our field as a reflection of us. So if someone's not opening up, well, where am I not opening up?
2: Mm. So
0: that's sort of how I would look at it because if we just, we're here to work on ourselves, we're not here to work on the planet, but in the process of working on ourselves, the planet shifts. And that's how one one tilt one tilted consciousness tilts the remaining consciousness around it it's like this oh i'm not i'm not even gonna butcher it but it's like the person one person change person can affect the 10 people around them or something like that it's like um, a i can't i don't know it's just coming to mind right now but someone quoted it as a study of something (laughs) giving you no real evidence there but anyway um,
1: no no 100% agree 100% yeah. it's all about energy really isn't it you know we don't really understand yeah. the effects of our vibration and the, the effects of our energy
0: yeah I mean you're a big Joe Dispenza fan like the quantum oh, realm
1: yeah.
0: is just mind-blowing <laughs> hey
1: I absolutely am um, in awe with since you know I've, I have had trips in my life on mushrooms never have I ever experienced anything not on mushrooms until I discovered the quantum field
0: <laughs>
1: and it was you, it was just fascinating yeah
0: have you done breath work as well like any yeah type I did a uh,
1: so I did a lot of like a holotropic one.
0: Oh, holotropic. wow cool
1: yeah yeah um How did you find that that's probably yeah same kind of thing as I never had the experience of Fully going into kind of the quantum field as I did with with some of Joe Dispenser's meditations. Apart from his one, he does ones that's focused on the energy centers. So it's like blessing the energy centers. So you kind of follow your breath up through the energy centers until it kind of gets to the to the Earth Star. Um, I, I hate using the word chakras, but you know that that section up there. <laughs> Not that I hate using it. I all know where it comes from, but it just alienates people straight away. But there is an energy center above your head, <laughs> yeah. and um, you know, and you transcend it into there and. That that was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. But, you know, holotropic ones for me enabled me to really relax and really feel my whole body calming down when it was in a state of high alert or flight yeah. mode or whatever. So that's, that's been the biggest kind of one for me. I followed a lot of Wim Hof ones as well. Awesome. I really enjoyed his ones. How about Is you?
0: That, did you start with Wim Hof? Did you like learn about Wim Hof and start that way?
1: Yeah, like that was, that was like back, I probably did some of his. You know how it is when you start with meditation, you kind of just breathing, however, mm. like the meditation's telling you to. And I mm. had a go at some of Wim Hof's when I first kind of got into meditation. And then I fell into more, you know, guide, buying guided holotropic based ones and things like that. And awesome. Yeah, but I've never really looked into I've heard like, is it Pani, Pani, Parama? Parayana?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: I can never pronounce them. That, I've heard that's really good as well, and I, quite, I yeah. really quite like to to try that one as well. But Holotropic's been the one that I've kind of focused on in terms of breath work.
0: Yeah, I think pranayama is just like a breathing pranayama, through yoga. Yeah. 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 <laughs> pranayama, whatever it is, it's a oh, breathing.
1: Honestly, I forget all the names sometimes. I'm like, especially when you interview so many people from so many different things, and I learn about a lot of this stuff like that I've yeah. never heard of through through a lot of the podcasts as well. And it's yeah, really fascinating sure. to hear all these different. What about you in terms of breathwork? Do you?
0: Yeah, I started with Wim Hof. I, you know, when I was in Canada, when I moved to Canada the first time. Um, I met this, I was taking photos of a photographer at the time and I was taking photos of uh, this cove and this one guy in Canada, the water's freezing. This one guy was like swimming in there. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you? He was like in the water. So I went down there and had a chat with him and he was like 58, he was ripped. And he said, oh, I do this every day. I've done it every day for the last three years and I've never been sick. And I'm like, what the fuck? Mm. And so I was like, look, I take – and he was a personal trainer, ex-Canadian uh, golf pro turned personal. Like he had a, like a degree in physical training. Anyway, so I said mm-hmm. he was all about earthing and he was all about grounding. This was 2016 and I'm like just starting to open up to all this stuff. This is where like my spiritual journey began, like really deeply connecting. Mm-hmm. And he was like – he and I said, look, I'll take photos for, for you and you teach me what you know. And so he would mentor me and he, me and him went out into four or five days a week in the ocean and he would get me in the cold for three minutes and we would start doing that cold water dipping. And then he started teaching me, you know, M-Wave, it's like the HeartMath Foundation.
1: No, no, I don't.
0: The HeartMath Institute does a lot of work with Joe Dispenza and they basically look at like the electromagnetic frequency of the heart field. And um,
1: oh, okay, like heart brain coherence. Yeah, that yeah, that's
0: yeah, perfect. Yeah. So that's Heart Math okay. Institute. And anyway, he had this mm-hmm. technique. He had this device which was like you would put onto your measure your pulse, and it would get you into that heart brain coherence through meditation. Mm-hmm. And so he was mm-hmm. giving me this device that I would just use, and I'm like, here's like the universe giving me this teacher, which I've used in my life that set me up to understand earthing. And we would go out and we would ground our he he had an earthing mat and i've got an earthing mat on my bed now and then he would take us out and like lift logs and walk and exercise bare feet so we'd get earthing and we would walk 15 minutes and up on the sand and then we'd walk 15 minutes back in a four by four breathing pattern and so he was teaching us all this stuff and it was just incredible for like looking back now i'm just like wow what a gift that introduced me. Mm. Then I had this random mate, mm. like who was a friend of a friend, stop into Canada. And he goes, he reached out to me on social media and he was like, Oh, like I'm in Canada. Do you want to catch up? And I was like, Yeah, do you need a place to stay? Come stay with us. And so he stayed on the couch with us for you know a couple of days. And I was telling him about the stuff that I'm doing with this guy. And he goes, Oh, that sounds like Wim Hof. And he was a surfer. So he'd done like, and freediver. So he'd done the breath work with Wim Hof. And I was like, Who's Wim Hof? Mm. And so he told me about him. And I was like, Oh shit. So that's where it started. And that's where I wasn't <laughs> even look. I was mm. just starting to open up spiritually then. And then I did a meditation retreat, which a mate told me two years before about this Vipassana meditation. And I looked at the schedule.
1: Oh yeah, my, my friend Drew Drew went on that, and it apparently is very very an uncomfortable process. But incredible. it is the
0: fucking most uncomfortable thing ever. You're like meditating mm-hmm. 12, 10 <laughs> days straight, twelve hours a day. You're no eye contact, complete silence, no journaling, no phones, no reading. So you're just you only there's limited use of your senses, and all the thoughts. It's like a it's like a um mental detox. But not only that, I first learned that was at the end of 2017. I did that. So a year later after that experience with that Mm. guy. And that's where I was like, there's a mind-body connection. I was like, are you fucking serious? Mm. This is nuts. Because I was experiencing these sensations in the body and we were learning every day. We would have a discourse at the end of each night. And so we would have to listen to the hour discourse from our teacher and we would learn about what's happening in the process and um and the feelings are st- stuck trauma and we were just we're so comfortable mm. we're so comfortable being comfortable that it's really hard for us to be uncomfortable for instance when you get an itch the first thing that we do is scratch it and that's our natural inclination not to observe the itch or not to observe the discomfort but to get rid of it and that was sort of presented to me as like mm. if you just sit with it And you just observe it, like you said, objectively. And you ask it what it is. And if you can really sit with the discomfort, watch it go. And about, I think day four, I was about to cry Mm -hmm. because the pain, physical pain was just too much. And I realized how much I was releasing in my hips and in my back. It was like pulsating. And then I... Day five, I said, Luca, pull yourself together. You come here, you go hard, like you get it done. (laughs) That's my attitude. And so I like, (laughs) I said, stop whinging, stop complaining. You chose to be here. Go in there. And so I just just declared that I'm not gonna, I'm gonna get rid of this like inner critic and inner complainer. I call it like the little, this is, whatever, but inner bitch. I like my little inner bitch that just wants to complain, (laughs) and so. I'm like we all got one on. yeah and and that's not derogatory mm-hmm. to feminine it's just for me and no. um anyway i pulled myself together and day 8 day 9 emma i'm not kidding i was in absolute bliss i was meditating for 2 hours wow. in one session and i thought it went 10 minutes because i was like <laughs> stuck in this zone where i was able to move my awareness through my body and that's the technique you move your body through your awareness if i wanted to send my awareness to my thumbnail i would just put my awareness there and it would just start vibrating i could feel the energy in my thumbnail and then i would say okay i'm going to send it from the chest to my back and it's like boom and it goes through and then you feel it go into the body and it stops vibrating here and then you don't feel it in the back until it moves through and then it comes in your back and the back's vibrating and i was like how am I able to get out of this? This is incredible. And so I left in absolute bliss, like euphoric, and it opened me up. And you know how you said at the start, you're like, you just want everyone to change. You're like, oh my god, I've got the next <laughs> yeah. best thing. I'm on the oh I'm
1: like, god, no, yeah. you got
0: to do this, and you've you've got mm-hmm. to do this to my sister. And it's just, you know, there's so much more out there, and it just comes from your mm-hmm. own experiences. But I think what's really important mm-hmm. to talk about is the fact that uh, and i've been talking a lot about this later and i was actually mentioned this earlier the universe the your outer world is trying to give you all your answers to your the questions that you ask yourself on a daily basis but you just can't tune in the eastern philosophies and the shamans of the east say you westerners you dream only at night but we dream in the daytime too and I never really got that. I never really got that until recently. And I'm like, oh, my God, it clicked. Because of these symbols, because of these synchronicities, we don't actually choose to see that our universe around us in a dream, when you're dreaming at night, right? When you're dreaming at night, you have all these weird things that come into your field. You're like, oh, my God, why is mm. that coming in? Or like you, <laughs> if you're lucid dreaming, you can think about something and you can go somewhere. You know you're awake. But in the daytime, something's coming in. Just imagine it's that weird symbol coming in from your dream. Objectively look at it and go, "Oh, okay." What's because if the subconscious is talking to us in the dreams at night, well, then something's talking to us in the in the during the daytime, and we and we get these synchronicities. It's like, okay, so what I've started listening to is like, all right, I just saw that weird sticker on the light post as I walked past it, but it had something that gained got my attention. Or that crow flew in front of me and squawked right at the time where I was talking about this topic. Or I overheard someone talking about, and this happened the other day, I was sitting in my bed and someone down here next to me was talking about um, their psychedelic experiences on mushrooms. And just as I'm starting to like study more of this stuff, and it's like these are the things that are just trying to give you the clue. So it's like your dreams, imagine the daytime as just a waking dream. And what can you tune into around there that's giving you these answers? And you will really know that it's, it's the right answer when you feel it in your heart.
1: Totally. I absolutely love that. I'm such a fan of seeing synchronicities in your waking moments because they really are yeah. all around us. And, and I, I believe as well in, in things like, you know, angel numbers and stuff not getting obsessed with them so that every number plate that comes past you think is, you know, the universe there for you, but it's, it's just incredible to see it happen. I I had it to me yesterday. I was walking down the street and just after I got my extensions out properly, I was walking down the street and there was this street art in Valencia and it said, um, like, don't forget what a fucking powerful woman you are or something Whoa. along those lines. I put it on my story. And I was like, ha, hey, universe, there you are. That and, is awesome. You know, yeah, isn't it? And if you're not aware and if you're not tuned into this, this kind of vibration and connection with the universe, you never see that, you know? Yeah. And it's this whole journey is just, you know, when we talk about people being lost, I don't, I don't like to say lost. I prefer more like, Narrow-minded or Mm. blinded, because my spiritual journey—and I'm sure for a lot of people—it's about my eyes opening, Mm. my awareness Mm. opening. You know, I was not lost before; I just couldn't see, Mm -hmm. couldn't see what was around me. And I think when we begin to tune in, and when we start to see these synchronicities, and we're reminded by the universe, it's one of the most exciting parts of the journey because Mm -hmm. you realize that the universe is there for you that everything is happening is for you and it's sending you little guides throughout the day of how to show up of how to respond in situations I guess it's but it's if you're not tuned in you can't see them and yeah you know I mean I walk around the same with you like when I discover things and I see things and I'm like oh my gosh look at that sign and you know I have friends that maybe are not as as far into the journey um Mm -hmm. like look at me like (laughs) <laughs> what are you on about <laughs> um but but i love it like when you start to embody who you are you kind of just don't care because mm. you know what the reality is and you know how exciting it is to see those things that i don't want to dull them down anymore yeah. you know I, I do you feel the same in terms of that
0: totally and i'm just expanding even more mm. into that now too so i totally resonate mm. like i i had these realizations recently of like wow i am actually embodying more of my truth now and that's because it was like, oh, well, I actually don't care. Before I would have been like, oh, I'm not going to say anything. But mm. I I mean, because that's that's the opportunity. It's like not going out preaching it, but going out and speaking mm. about it when you're asked. When someone asks you something, like, are you getting a vaccine? Uh, and I'm like, no, I'm not getting a vaccine. And someone goes, well, why is that? And I'm like, well, I give them the honest truth. I got asked the other day. I said, well, no one's talking about blueberries and lemon water and how good cold water thermogenesis is for you or how good breath work is for your immune system no one's talking about that and in honesty like a lot of the people that i want to that that i look up to have better ways of looking after their physical mental health and a lot of people that Mm. are doing the vaccine um and you know just naturally live in a lot of fear and I know a lot of fear can cause a lot of stress. Fear can literally kill you, like you said, with your stress and your hair.
2: Mm-hmm. Stress,
0: you know, I listened to this book yep. with um, Dr. Wayne Dyer yesterday talking about how stress nearly, like, took out all this, gave this girl a stroke, extreme stress gave this girl a stroke and she had, like, a para- paralysis in her face. And it literally was a matter of rewiring her belief systems and her affirmations so she fully believed that she was healed and she ended up getting healed.
1: Mm.
0: And the doctors said, the doctor That's why I said love Joe to her.
1: Spencer's
0: work. It's exactly. He heals so many people. The doctor said to her, oh, I don't know what this is. And I don't think you, I think you have to get used to not ever having like yourself back again. Within four weeks, Wayne Dyer helped this lady heal her paralysis because it was her belief system, because it was her in, internal world. It was the stress that mm-hmm. just needed to be witnessed and released. Mm-hmm. And so why would I look at it? Why would I follow people who aren't willing to look at the world the same way I do? Why would I listen to them who aren't willing to see the world? Because mm-hmm. they, you know, I see this lady on TikTok. This is a really good point. This lady on TikTok, she's a, she's a psychologist and everyone like will like quote her or, or tag her to be like what are your thoughts on this what are your thoughts on this what are your thoughts on this mm. so you're giving mm-hmm. away your power to someone who and, and her title is like I'm an atheistic Jew I'm ex-USSR psychologist clinical psychologist so she's very much like doesn't believe in an, a, a, b- a bigger view so People who don't believe in a bigger view will go to those people and will use her. But for me, I'm like, why would I want to follow or ask someone's advice who sees the world in a completely different way? Mm. So for us who don't, who don't want to get vaccines, for me, I don't want to get a vaccine. Well, why would I listen to a health board who doesn't want to look at the life the same way I do? Mm. Because, you know, there's people like Wim Hof getting injected by E. coli. They injected him in E. coli at a university Uh, research and he didn't have any symptoms he controlled it with his breath he controlled his he can regulate his parasympathetic sympathetic nervous (laughs) system and he used his mental strength
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but
0: people aren't talking about these possibilities because it doesn't make money it's not a subscription service
1: it also triggers a lot of people because the easy way is to just take the easy way of course it is difficult for people that are going through such big things like cancer, for example, like I'm not saying that chemotherapy or anything like is easy. It's not an easy process, but they're taking the route that takes you out of yourself again and puts the power back in something else to heal you. And I'm totally with you. I believe that we have the power within us to heal ourselves yeah. and for some people who mm-hmm. might come back to this and say okay well there's been loads of people that have tried that journey and it hasn't worked for them yeah but what but what has their belief been when they've tried that journey you know if you definitely. are 100% committed to that journey if you are 100% you know I always make my friends laugh because I walk around all the time and say that I'm a millionaire even though I'm definitely not but I believe that I am because yeah I walk around embodying the person that I want to be and the yeah. person, not for the money, but for the access that it gives me to even more people to be of service. Yeah. So if someone's suffering, if someone is ill and they're sitting there saying, I am healed, and they truly 100% with all of their body, soul, and being believe that they are healed, then they embody the energy that they want to attract. They are telling
2: okay.
1: their body, that they are already healed. So, so and true. then it just does the rest. And I think, mm. why do we, why do we, I don't understand why we reject these things because, like you said, it's the money, you know, it's, it doesn't mm. make anything. But, you know, why do we reject these things? Why do we have so much fear and, but so much trust in, you know, because both options we don't really understand. You know, if you go to yeah. the doctors and you get a, a pill or injection, you don't know what's in that. You don't understand what's in that. You're taking the advice of a doctor. You're taking the advice of someone who's training, but you don't know that doctor's background. You don't know their training. You don't know anything about them. Yeah. But then we've got we've got the same thing with healing. Someone is prescribing you breath work, for example. You don't know them. You don't know their journey. But straight away, exactly. this person is evil and wrong, and this person is, oh, yeah, I fully trust that. You know, where are we putting, and that's not an insult to like doctors or anything, people do incredible incredible work. But we've also got to realize that there's a world that we can't see with our eyes, but we have to trust in more sometimes, I really believe.
0: For sure. Well, that doctor, you know, I think it's a good point. That doctor, I've got a good friend who's a medical doctor who got kicked out of, he lost his license because he was telling people not to get a prescription and looking at getting zinc and earthing Mm. on the ground and getting more sunlight and taking zinc uh, multivitamins and they said you're dangerous you're reckless and so everyone's like and and he and he and i were having a good chat about it and he's like it's just ridiculous so he's he's obviously standing up but so he got him on the other side right but then you got other doctors who knows they might beat their wife would you want to like go to your doctor who beats their wife Mm. or who, who abuses their children so if you found out that what does that make you think so Mm. you know you don't realize that we're taking Mm. on biases and beliefs of other people and not everyone's perfect and the people who Mm. are are starting to awaken to this will understand this and don't expect everyone to understand it and probably not even Mm. agree but the reality is you got the power in you i don't want to be known as the healer the great guru because i'm my great guru i'm my Mm. greatest healer everyone else
2: yeah i'm the guide for people
0: to help them like the way shower like you are the way shower i would rather be preferred as that as the way shower. ladies and gentlemen you are at the end of the podcast and congratulations because you are the small one percent that actually listens to this outro